Aaron's Radio Show. Very nice, very music, very cool. I like it. Coming to you almost live from Berkeley, California. It's Aaron's Radio Show, the podcast. With your host, Aaron Gobbler. Thanks, Jake, and welcome everybody to episode 31. You're listening to the podcast version of My Three Songs, a show where my guest provides three selections and we talk about why those songs are meaningful to them. The podcast version features full interviews, but includes no licensed music. To enjoy the original version with music included, please visit our website, aaronsradio.show, where you can stream every episode. If you wish to be a guest on the show, Please complete the short survey on the My Three Songs page on our website. Now here's the show. Welcome to My Three Songs, where I play three special songs chosen by my guest, and we talk about why they chose each song. This is a special episode about memorable Christmas songs, and my guest is Barbara Lanier. I've known Barbara for many years. We met through local service and activist organizations in the East Bay area. Barbara, thank you so much for being my guest today. I'm delighted you responded to my Facebook request for someone who wanted to talk about three Christmas songs that held meaning for them. What inspired you to share your special Christmas songs on this show? Well, first of all, thank you, Aaron, for having me on your show today. Um, I've been a singer my whole life. Music, especially vocal music, has been an extraordinarily important part of my life, all the way back to early, early childhood. Christmas music is huge among vocalists. All choruses, churches, choirs have Christmas concerts, and I've been a part of so many of them that I decided I'd like to share some of the information about them and some of the songs that um, I really appreciate. Well, thank you again for, for being on the show. I have to be honest, my original concept of the Christmas song show would be someone selecting the pop Christmas songs that they love, because there is a whole catalog of very popular standard Christmas music that people would hear on the radio or in Trader Joe's, for example. Uh, that's certainly true. Those would be easy songs to, to choose, but uh, they don't have a personal meaning to me, such as the three songs that I've chosen today. That's precisely why when I saw your list, my mind turned around 180 and I'm like, this is actually going to be a more meaningful discussion than someone just talking about why the Mariah Carey song is so important to them. Well, I do want to thank you for your list because I believe it captures a much more meaningful aspect to Christmas music than what the pop song catalog of Christmas songs would provide. So I do thank you for taking time to to provide your list. Before we get started, can you tell me just how music itself, not necessarily vocal music, but just music itself fits into your life? Like, do you seek it out? Is it usually in the background or the foreground of a day? Well, I'd say on a daily basis that music is in the background. It would be playing um, perhaps while I'm um, cooking in the kitchen or um, mm -hmm. mostly when I'm uh, alone in the house and not with my husband or someone else. <laughs> but throughout my life, uh, when I was working on music for a performance, uh, 
music would be very much in the foreground. I'd have notes of the lyrics posted all over my kitchen so that I could practice them. Okay. I'd be constantly going to the piano. I would be mu- music was very much in the, in the foreground um, during times of a, a performance. And in your daily routine, do you have it on a, as a background as well, uh, besides the things that you would be rehearsing or, or preparing for? Uh, in the background, I, I would yeah. say. I, I yeah. Like when I am doing something else like cooking. I know our brains work a certain way that we can do certain tasks at the same time. Like we can have a conversation while we're driving, and we can still do the driving really well and hear someone talking and have a conversation with them. Do you find that music in a background will uh, distract you from what you're doing? Or can your brain, does, or does your brain use it almost like a soundtrack and just play in the background? Music does not distract me. It can definitely uh-huh, okay. play in the background. And uh-huh. Alexa knows what I like. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who is a singer and so passionate about vocal music, do you sing along? Do you find yourself singing along with, with songs or do you realize that you're singing along with them or do you purposely sing along? I would say that I purposefully sing along with some. I'm, I'm really very much of a uh, classical music lover. So um, it has to be a classical number that I have perform myself in order to sing along. But then, yes, I do, especially some of the choruses. I, I love to sing along with the, the choruses. Um, I, I also really enjoy uh, a couple of other genres of music. I love folk music, um, you know, folk music, especially from the 50s, 60s, uh, that era. And uh-huh. those are, of course, very singable songs, mm-hmm. and I'm always mm-hmm. singing along. Now, you mentioned classical music and also singing. And for me, I'm not an expert by any means on classical music, but when I think of classical music, I just think of the music. I don't think about singing parts of it. Well, there is vocal classical music and there's symphonic classical mm, music. Okay. And, and there are many other kinds of classical music, but okay. um, those are the two principal types. And um, if you are listening to a string orchestra or a, a band, uh, you, you can still be in the genre of classical music or vocal music, whether it's operatic, whether it's oratorio, those are all still classical music. Mm. Well, thank you for that, because I, I never actually thought of that dichotomy. I just considered, like you're saying, symphonic classical music. Now, since this episode or this show is focusing on Christmas music, we're going to highlight three songs that you've chosen. At least, well, two of them have a truly classical thread in them. Because of your love of music, especially you're saying vocal music, do you look forward to the music of this season? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I cannot separate music from Christmas. To okay. me, it's um, it's listening to the Christmas music. It is participating in Christmas concerts. It's um, it's singing Christmas carols. Whatever it is, music is an essential part of Christmas to me. Mm-hmm. And and while I don't put date stamps on my show, a number of guests have alluded to the pandemic that is still occurring and it, you know we're at the end of 2021 how has that impacted your observation or celebration uh, musically of christmas well last year for instance the uh, sundar shadi display in el cerrito uh, couldn't go up at all and normally uh, when it went up for 2 weeks over christmas it was accompanied each evening by either 
uh, a vocal group or a um, of some sort of caroling group or a bell choir or something like that. And I would frequently go, go up and listen to that um, and participate in it. I directed uh, at least once each year, directed a small choir of friends that I mm. had come to know as friends through various singing groups over the years. And so, of course, I miss doing that. I miss the Christmas concerts that I would go to uh, that didn't take place. Chanticleer and the Christmas concert that was done by a contrapasta chorale and uh, the Oakland Symphony, um, they they just didn't happen last year. Mm-hmm. They are slowly inching back, but um, sometimes it's only through streaming. Sometimes the choristers still wear masks, and it's a different situation uh, for Christmas music during the pandemic. Yeah, there's certainly something to be said about being in person and experiencing something live and having people together face-to-face, especially with Zoom being something we can see everybody face-to-face, but there's really no good method on Zoom for synchronous singing. (laughs) Uh, It it is not the same at all. I've tried it a couple of times and it's, uh, no, it's no good. And, And even the very essence of Christianity's Christmas, and I do believe Christmas goes beyond Christianity now in in a very loving sense of of sharing and caring for people. But in the Christianity sense, uh, the pandemic, of course, made getting together on Christmas Eve uh, for a candlelight service, uh, which is quite traditional in many Christian churches, it, it made that impossible. Mm-hmm. So it was a very, very difficult time for everyone that enjoys music, enjoys participating in music. Yeah, yeah. The best we can do is just hope that this time next year that we're able to see more people in person. I do hope so. I, I hope you're right, Aaron. I do hope so. Yeah, yeah. So, Barbara, the songs you chose were The Friendly Beasts, as recorded by Peter, Paul, and Mary, The Hallelujah Chorus from Handel's Messiah, performed by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, and Iezu Bambino, sung by Kathleen Battle with the Orchestra of St. Luke's, conducted by Leonard Slatkin. I'm only familiar with the Hallelujah Chorus. The other two songs uh, were new to me. I'm eager for us both to listen to these songs together, and I'm interested in knowing why each of them is meaningful to you. So first, we'll take a listen to The Friendly Beasts, as recorded by Peter, Paul, and Mary. Hello, podcast listener. To experience this episode with music included, please visit our website, aaronsradio.show, where you can stream all episodes. Barbara, I had to do more research than usual for this episode, as I was raised Jewish, and I'm fascinated by the connections in the Judeo-Christian and Muslim canons. Now, the last sentence of the song makes a reference to gifts given to Emmanuel, and this is the first time I heard that name in reference to Jesus. And I discovered through some research that the Hebrew meaning of that name is God is with us, and I immediately connected with that translation in regards to the birth of Jesus. Why did you choose to include this song? Well, I first started singing in a church choir, uh, the Cherub Choir in the First Methodist Church in Fargo, North Dakota, when I was six years old. And I have never, ever gone without singing since then. Um And when I was eight and in third grade, there was a pageant in our school, and I was asked to be the sheep and sing, uh, I am the sheep with curly horns. 
in this particular um, in this particular number, the friendly beasts. And so it's always had a, a beginning of music in my head uh, sort of feeling for me when I think about um, about Christmas and Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. And I do love Peter Paul and Mary. So I, I love I love the uh, I love the music from as I said before from the um, from the fifties and sixties and that genre. So I uh, when I was thinking what what version would I like of the Friendly Beasts and I was listening to a few, this one popped out at me right away. I see. And you mentioned the third grade and having the solo. What was the most significant part of doing the solo in third grade? It was the first time I had ever been asked to sing a solo. And um, I loved to sing, but but that certainly sparked an interest um, in becoming um, a solo performer, which continued throughout my life. So many people would be like, I don't want to be doing a solo. I just want to be like in the chorus. But you feel like it's more meaningful to you to have a solo in in a song. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. I've, I've never shied away from performing. Yes, definitely. Um, throughout my life, I loved singing choral music and I loved singing with friends, but um, I definitely wanted to have solo parts as well. And when I first heard it fresh, you know, not having heard it ever before, it seemed to be something I might hear in grade school. And would you also would you agree that that's kind of the mode of this song that it's about uh, a very simple story about the different animals, et cetera? Absolutely, that's what that's yes. what it is. It is a song uh, for yeah. children, and it's a song for children to hear and a song for children to participate in. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's a beautiful song. Thank you for thank you for mm-hmm. including that. And I do love Peter Paul and Mary. I, I was brought up on some of their famous songs. Okay. Well, there are yes. many. There are many. We've all we've all sung "Where Have All the Flowers yes. Gone" and and um, you know s- several of the other uh, folk songs. Leaving on a jet plane is probably their most uh, famous pop hit. I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Barbara, the next song in your list is the Hallelujah Chorus uh, from Handel's Messiah, as sung by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Let's take a listen to that, and we'll talk about that on the other side. Hello, podcast listener. To experience this episode with music included, please visit our website, aaronsradio.show, where you can stream all episodes. Barbara, I don't recall when I first heard this song, but I'm sure I was quite young. And I recently learned that the word hallelujah is derived from a liturgical expression meaning praise Yah or praise the Lord. So what inspired you to include this song on your list? Well, first of all, doesn't it just make you want to smile all over and jump <laughs> yeah. up and, and 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 just sing Alleluia, yeah. Alleluia? Yeah. It 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 is just it is one of the most um, marvelous pieces in all of vocal classical music. Personally, to me, um, shortly after moving to Berkeley in 1973, I joined the Berkeley Community Chorus and Orchestra. Okay. And every year at Christmas, for many years thereafter, I was part of that group for, oh, I don't know, 14 or 15 years. Under the baton of the founder, Eugene Jones, the founder and conductor of the Berkeley Community Chorus at that time, we sang the Messiah. And I was a principal soprano soloist with the group uh, singing such numbers as Rejoice and I Know That My Redeemer Liveth. And more importantly, 
I met my husband in the Berkeley Community Chorus and Orchestra, my husband, John mm-hmm. Wilson, um, and many lifelong friends that um, I still either sing with or or just participate in life with, travel with. Um, I'm friends with many of these, these singers still. So that certainly was a must when I think of Christmas music to include the Alleluia Chorus. Even now, when I'm not singing outside of the home, I I quit as a vocal soloist about five or six years ago. That happens to people whose voices get older. Mm. Um, but even though I'm not, when I listen to a concert um, such as John and I did while we were decorating our Christmas tree, we had um, a, a Christmas concert playing on the television. And as soon as they started the Alleluia Chorus, we all we jumped up. We stood. That's necessary. <laughs> that is traditional with the Alleluia okay. Chorus. We stood and sang in our own living room along with the, the chorus on television. We sang the Alleluia Chorus. It's just it's such a glorious piece. It is, it is a wonderful piece of music. Do you know what the original language this was written in? Was it written in English? It was. Now, now Handel okay. was German, and uh, most of his compositions were German. But as I recall, and this is just um, my remembrance of this, um, I believe that he composed this specifically for an English audience. Mm, okay. and, and one of the reasons I recall that, not only the fact that it was composed in English, but is that the reason everybody stands for the Alleluia Chorus, as I recall, was that the king stood, uh, maybe to stretch, I don't know why, but okay. stood at the beginning of this. And of course, everybody else everybody, yeah. stood. And as they were all standing, uh, they created, uh, unknowing to them at that time, a tradition to stand during the Alleluia Chorus. Interesting. It is uh, It is a wondrous song and a very joyous song. And that's true. That's very true. <laughs> and it's one that will last longer than than a Paul McCartney Christmas hit. <laughs> oh, something. I do believe so. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Barbara, your, your last song is Jesu Bambino, and that's sung by Kathleen Battle, and she's accompanied by the Orchestra of St. Luke's, conducted by Leonard Slatkin. This particular rendition is sung in Italian, and it, this was originally written in Italian. The reason I wanted to say something is so that the audience would understand some of the lyrics um, that are going to be sung. It starts out about blossoms flowering and the snows of winter and that is born a child, the Christmas rose, the king of love and light. And then it goes into this part that we are all familiar with. uh, Oh, come, let us adore him. And it Mm. goes on like Mm. that. And you will hear her singing uh, Venite Adoramos, which is, oh, come, let us adore him. Uh Um, And then it goes back into the Christmas rose and the king of love and light. And all of this is a song that's meant to be about the birth of Jesus. So it's a lovely song. And that expression, um, oh, come, let us adore him, is in the come all you faith. It is. It is. And you will recognize some of that Christmas carol 
as part of this song. Hello, podcast listener. To experience this episode with music included, please visit our website, aaronsradio.show, where you can stream all episodes. Barbara, this is a beautiful song, and Kathleen Battle sings this quite operatically. And what a rich and touching song about the joy of Jesus' birth. What inspired you to include this particular song on your list? It was beautiful, wasn't it? It just just uh, thrills me to hear Kathleen Battle sing. Um, she's um, well into her 70s now, so okay. this song was sung by her um, many years ago. She mm. sang during the latter part of the 20th century. I also sang this song on Christmas Eve, um, year after year after year, first in um, churches back in Fargo, North Dakota, and after moving to Berkeley and churches here, usually at candlelight services where they're passing around a candle at the end of the service and the whole church lights up with candlelight. Mm. And it just became to me an integral part of how I celebrated Christmas was by singing uh, Jesu Bambino by Pietro Jan. I sang it in English, <laughs> not Italian. That was going to be my question, was that uh, <laughs> you sang it in English, not Italian. I did. It was written originally in Italian. Yes. But I, I did sing it um, in English uh, many, many years, and I love it. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful piece, beautiful beautiful song. Now, the song's been covered by a lot of people in other languages, of course. What particularly inspired you to include the Italian version in your list? I think the artist, more than anything. Mm. Um, Kathleen Battle did not have an easy career for many reasons, but she is the first African-American singer to win, win both a Grammy. In fact, she won more than one Grammy and, and an Emmy. Mm. She was also able to be an actress, but she had such a beautiful uh, lyric, almost calatura um, sound, and it, which is a very high, very uh, quick-moving soprano sound. So I, regardless of the language, and I I'm, I'm hope that your listeners appreciate that, um, that songs can be sung, not just in English, but Christmas songs uh, can be sung in any language uh, in the world. And this one, I think, lends itself beautifully to the original Italian song. Barbara, again, I'm so glad you decided to uh, submit your list of songs uh, for the show. And uh, it was uh, educational, our conversation, and uh, it was such a delight to talk to you. Well, Aaron, I really enjoyed being with you. I enjoyed sharing these particular numbers with your audience, with your listeners. I know that they're unusual. They aren't the usual carols that people <laughs> think of. Uh, for Christmas. They're special to me, and I really feel fortunate to have been able to share them here with you. Mm -hmm. uh, Barbara, I'd like to wish you and my listeners a safe, healthy, blessed, and meaningful holiday season, and I'd like to wish you and yours a Merry Christmas. And the same to you and your listeners, Aaron. Have very happy holidays. Great. Thank you. To my listeners, if you want to be part of the show, Start by going to our website, aaronsradio.show, and clicking on the My Three Songs button on the homepage. You can also sign up for our mailing list so you'll know immediately when a new episode is available. You can also find Aaron's Radio Show on your favorite podcast service, but the podcast episodes only include interviews and no licensed music. Until next time, keep your ears and mind open, and let more music into your world. <laughs>
You're listening to Aaron's Radio Show.